Hello everyone, Dr. Anna Kabeca here. So glad to be here with Dana Trentini today, who is the hypothyroid mom. And we're gonna talk all about thyroid, give you some background on Dana and her journey and how she's really impacted over a million people. I mean, she has a million followers on Facebook. And, um, and she has just been on this journey and has been open and vulnerable to share about it. She has been featured on the Wall Street Journal and the Atlantic, and she wrote the book, Your Healthy Pregnancy with Thyroid Disease. So happy to have you here, Dana. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, let's start with a little bit about your journey in thyroidism and then, you know, how you became the hypothyroid mom. <laughs> You know, I, I tell people that I'm the last person on earth who would become a blogger. I could barely turn on my computer in 2012 when I began my blog. Um, I knew nothing about blogging and I started having these dreams that I was supposed to write a book. Um, and I thought it was pretty crazy. One, I wasn't a writer. <laughs> and two, like, what was I thinking? I was going to write a thyroid book. Um, but I decided, you know, what, I, I have to do this. I had miscarried my baby um, in early 2009, and I'd been diagnosed with hypothyroidism shortly before it, and I knew nothing about thyroid. I had not taken, I was not hypothyroid mom in the beginning. I did not research, I did not advocate for myself. When I got pregnant, I felt so unwell, like, like a, I would say out loud, there's toxicity in my body, something very bad is happening and I would call the doctors up, please, like somebody help me, I'm so unwell. And they would say, this is morning sickness. You know, take, you know, lollipops and stuff for like nausea and it wasn't going away. And then I miscarried and I said, mm. something has to be wrong. So um, I had graduated from Columbia University and during my graduate studies, I was the team leader of a professor's research team. So I had been like, you know, digging through research for, you know, my studies. And so I said, you know what, something's not sitting right with me. I'm going to dig. So I dug, I went to PubMed, I dug and I dug and I dug. And I found that the Endocrine Society had posted in 2007, two years before, that they recommended a TSH of less than 2.5 for hypothyroid women who were being treated with thyroid hormone replacement medication in their first trimester. I got my labs and mine were at 10. Wow. So Your TSH was 10. My TSH was 10 with these raging symptoms. My doctor had never read the Endocrine Society guidelines that said it had to be less than 2.5 for the safety of the mother and the baby. And I had been in New York City. I was being treated on the Upper East Side, you know, with like a doctor with words on the walls, you know. So I said, this, there's got to be something really wrong here. And I just dug and dug and dug. And I said, that's it. I'm going to get myself well. And I'm going to tell people what happened. This is not right. I lost a baby because doctor didn't read a guideline. And I was shaking. And I said, that's it. I'm going to figure out how to do this. I got myself so well. And I said, that's it. I'm ready. I'm ready. Within two months, I researched how to start a blog. I didn't, I didn't even know how to use Facebook. I didn't know what Twitter was. So I launched it. I said, that's it. I'm going to put one article up. I put up one article. Before I knew it, there were thousands and thousands and thousands of people coming to this site. I only planned to put one article. Like, please, like, this is my story. Don't let this happen to you. And we went, whoosh. 
So I think that from loss, I have come full circle because I help other women with hypothyroidism be well. Those that are trying to become pregnant, they're having healthy pregnancies, they're getting pregnant. And I feel like I've, I've like healed myself in that journey, if you like can imagine that. So to me, it's more than just a blog. It's like my way to say, I'm sorry, I wasn't an advocate for my child. Mm. And that is so ridiculous. But now I am and I am for other women and I am for other babies. And I feel like I'm like healed from that. And you're definitely healing others. So were you on thyroid medicine at the time or was undiagnosed thyroid disease when you were no, pregnant? I was on Synthroid. So I had my first son in 2006, Benjamin. Um, and I believe that I was hypothyroid since I was a child. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I had broken my collarbone. And I remember like extensive x-rays, like on my, it was my right side. I'd broken my collarbone on the ice. And I remember like lots and lots of x-rays when I was six. So now doing my ultrasounds, I see that three quarters of that lobe on that side is missing, which is one of the reasons why I tell, please protect your babies from radiation. I realize sometimes x-rays are really necessary around the head and the neck, but I'm one of those people that it clearly affected my thyroid gland. But after I had my first son in 2006, that was when my symptoms really became really pronounced. I couldn't wake up. My baby was crying to be fed. I couldn't wake up, couldn't keep my eyes open. I had gained like 30 pounds. I had these mood swings. I had insomnia. I was sweating profusely. My periods were so heavy, I could see clots inside these periods, cramping like pain every menstrual cycle. Went for my first postnatal visit with my OBGYN. I told her these symptoms and she said, here you go. Here's a prescription for antidepressants. Here's the prescription for insomnia. Everything is going to be fine. You just have postpartum depression. That's very common and you're going to be fine. She hadn't done no tests on me. She didn't notice that I had missing hair along the sides of my scalp, that I had gained 30 pounds, that I was having major mood swings, that I was like numb in my, my hands. Wow. So I said, you know what? I have to wait. My cholesterol rose within two months. I was close to meeting statin drugs. All of a sudden, I was pre-diabetic, yet I had been normal before pregnancy, and now I was abnormal. And he said, I think there's something wrong with me. I land in the emergency room with kidney stones a couple months later, and I got to tell you, while those kidney stones hurt like hell, they saved me. Because when I was there, the doctors kept saying, this is so strange, this 36-year-old girl who's so you know, healthy eating and exercising. Why does she have kidney stones? And they did full testing. And that was the only time I had ever been tested for my thyroid. And I got diagnosed in there. And I always say kidney stones are a pain in my ass, but they saved my life. Mm -hmm. Wow. You know, that's a fascinating story too, because in, in your pregnancy, you would have been tested for gestational diabetes. So you didn't have blood sugar issues then. And nope. then postpartum, so that trigger knocking out the thyroid, we see from, you know, really just tremendous amount of estrogen, circulating estrogen, too, can affect your thyroid gland in pregnancy, elevating the TSH. So we see that. But what you said, those symptoms that you mentioned, let's talk about some of these symptoms of hypothyroid, were, were blaring, right? The heavier, heavier menses, increased cramping, the hair loss. 
fatigue, yeah. numbness in your fingers, in your hands, tingling, uh, delayed, you know, delayed reaction time. That can also be part of it. So all those symptoms. So I'm surprised you didn't get a prescription for birth control pills too. <laughs> so the antidepressant, here's some birth control. Here's a, you know, sleep med and, you know, and come back in next year. So, um, but that, that's kind of the standard of care approach. That is what happened to me as a teenager. Like, so remember, I believe this happened to me from my collarbone breaking. Mm -hmm. When I hit um, teenage years, again, they say that women are most vulnerable three times in your life. Puberty, pregnancy, postpartum. And not puberty, pregnancy, postpartum, and menopause, menopause. Those three Ps. But the reason is, if you think about it, our sex hormones are shifting and our sex hormones, adrenal hormones, thyroid hormones, the three stool, the three legs of the stool, I love to imagine and so many different functional medicine practitioners have described it that way. Imagine when our sex hormones are doing that shift, even in puberty, it can throw everything off balance. That's why I say, watch your, your children during puberty. It's hered- it can be hereditary including boys. Their sex hormones are shifting. I have two boys and trust me, I watch them like a hawk. I have um, hypothyroidism in my family and I watch them like for symptoms and especially when they go through puberty. When I hit puberty, my, pa- my periods were so heavy that pads couldn't hold it. I couldn't go to school on the first day of the period because it would just drain through two pads. I had clots in it, it was dark, it was heavy. I would have cycles of 35 days, 25 days, missed missed cycles and no one thought to check my thyroid so instead they gave me birth control pills so i was on birth control pills i wasn't sexually active i was on birth control with not no need for it really because i wasn't sexually active i was on birth control for several years um and now i realize that that's the answer for a lot of girls in puberty that are thyroid patients throw them on birth control and shift it and then you know there's the whole impact of birth control on your thyroid and what a stupid solution that is. Instead, couldn't you have tested my thyroid and figured out that was my problem to begin with? Right, so. and, and let's talk about testing too, because I think it's important for our audience to understand like how we you know, commonly check for thyroid, just you know, the, the knee-jerk reaction, and then really holistic testing for thyroid. So typically we're doing a TSH for your thyroid, the thyroid stimulating hormone, but also in functional medicine, we want to look at more. We want to look at thyroid antibodies, antithyroglobulin antibodies. We want to look at free T4, free T3, reverse T3. So the whole gamut to really understand because Absolutely. our TSH can be normal and yet we could have no free T3 because we're not converting from T4 to T3. So still be functionally hypothyroid. Absolutely. And so, so what was your, curious, after you had your first son, when they did that in the hospital, what was your TSH then? So remember, I was not an advocate for myself. I never asked. I never kept copies of my labs. One of the things I tell hypothyroid mom followers is get those labs. Look at them. I don't have them. I don't even know. Other than I requested it when I miscarried, I wanted to know. After I found the guidelines, I said, you got to give them to me. And there were 10. And the guidelines said less than 2.5. I have no idea how high they were when I was first diagnosed. First of all, I wasn't an advocate, which is really ridiculous of me. Um, but I also think there are many of us that just trust our doctors. You know, I think there's there's that. There's the, there's a culture of we. Of course, they should know more than me. I, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a thyroid doctor. 
what's going on? Why do I have to check my labs? But anyway, the point is, is we do have to check our labs. First of all, they were only checking my TSH. That's the whole part of how I was so unwell, is they were only checking my TSH. First of all, it was at 10, and this doctor believed as long as you were between below 10, you were okay. But most doctors, and in particular functional medicine physicians, say around one to two. But yeah, I do, 0.4 to 1.4. But I want to say that you could actually be even lower than that, especially if you're taking T3 meds like natural desiccated thyroid, which is my, in my case. If I had a doctor that only looked at my TSH, my TSH has to be near zero to be well. Now, my, so my doctor's looking at me, my symptoms, my free T4 and free T3 to give a broader picture. So I would be very unwell if he kept me at one. So my free T3 has to be at the top of the top quarter of the normal range to be well. What I, have, what I find is that most people on T4, levothyroxine, medications like Synthroid, their free T3 is at below normal, low, or middle. I feel awful anywhere there. I have to be at the top quarter. So getting those labs is so essential. Where's your free T3, I say? So all the people that are on Synthroid, it's the, one of the number one prescribed medications, but it's failing so many. Why are one million people on hypothyroid mom? Tell me. Yes. Why oh my gosh. Are there one million people? If you're well, you're not looking for a Facebook page about thyroid disease. So I say get your labs. Free T4, free T3. Number one cause of hypothyroidism is Hashimoto's, a thyroid autoimmune disease that attacks your thyroid gland. But most people know they're hypothyroid that come to me. They don't know they have Hashis because thyroid antibodies are not tested. So that to me is really ridiculous. There are two of them, thyroid peroxidase antibodies and thyroglobulin antibodies. Why are those not tested? Because doctors will say, well, there's nothing we're going to do for you besides giving you thyroid medication. So what's the point if you have Hashimoto's? What are we going to do? Well, in the functional medicine world, we know there's so many things you could do from food, dietary changes, nutrient uh, testing and supplementation and foods that are rich in nutrients, um, heavy metal toxicity, blood sugar balances, mold, candida, gut dysbiosis. There are so many things that can yeah. be done for a Hashimoto's patient that are not done because, first of all, they don't know they have it. So I guess that's the number one thing is to get those antibodies tested to know if that's the cause. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's worth repeating because, you know, many things will create the elevated thyroid. And one of the things you said earlier was that your cholesterol was creeping up, right? Cholesterol, elevated cholesterol can be a symptom of hypothyroid disease. And the same thing can cause an elevated cholesterol as can um, uh, hypothyroid. And that's heavy metal toxicity, amalgams in our mouth, toxins in our water and our air and food. So all those, you know, heavy metal toxins, which many of us are exposed to can also cause that elevated cholesterol which is bumped up to protect our brain from <laughs> the toxicity the free radicals and then the definitely we see that synergy once we lower our, our balance our thyroid lower our TSH our cholesterol naturally lowers so that's always the question for our yeah. listeners if you have a high cholesterol you want to ask why if you are hypothyroid for all your listeners you want to ask why so Dana you've done your work to kind of triage why did you become hypothyroid and that went back to childhood with the radiation right the radiation of your thyroid yeah. 
And understanding that why makes a huge difference. You can also say, well, I, I'm going to really, you know, protect my breast. I'm going to do these things because I know that I had this radiation. I had this thyroid. And it was on, birth, you know, you know, birth control pills at a young age. And those are all risk factors. So knowing those things helps you be proactive for yourself. And I will say as an obstetrician gynecologist, I mean, I trained at Emory University, we did not routinely check TSHs until I went into private practice and recognized, I think it was early 2000s, um, before my son was born, so he was born in 2004, I started doing TSHs, but I had backlash from insurance companies for doing the TSH. You don't have a diagnosis code for that. You know, so a regular cycle would be my diagnosis code. I hope none of those insurance companies are listening. <laughs> But, you know, you had to find a diagnosis code, a regular cycle. Well, she's, you know, obviously pregnant now or whatever, trying to get pregnant. Um, a regular cycle would be a diagnosis code to justify that. So often it's a fight, and I call this mafiosa medicine. Physicians are under the attack of insurance-run you know, medical practices and the business of medicine has become detrimental to the clinician's intuitive and artistic care of patients. And I really believe that's why I love functional medicine. That's why I love what I do with age management medicine is that we're rebirthing that clinical acumen. So clinical-based medicine has a role, you know, in addition to evidence-based medicine, the scientific journals and the pharmaceutical publications. Right. So we have to fight that. But I think for our listeners, understanding the why. Why did I get this? Like, why are my periods irregular? Why am I having breast tenderness? Why am I feeling moody at this time? Dana, I always joke, why do I hate my husband two weeks out of the month? You know, yes. if it's only two weeks out of the month, it's your hormones, not your husband. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and though the PMS, like I, I make jokes, like I, I, I believe like, what's a day without laughter? That's just this is who I am. I laugh and joke and smile even on my worst days. So my Facebook page is about laughter. And yeah, I could go on there and say the symptom of one of the symptoms of hypothyroidism is mood swings. It'd be very boring for me. That could not be a Facebook page that I could create. Instead, I make a joke, you know, and I have a woman on a swing. Mood swings available every 10 minutes. Why? Because I, I just can't create a page that's so serious. It has to be, you have to laugh a little, and then you would be surprised how many people laugh at the joke and they go, wow, that sounds a little bit like me. The hair loss she just mentions, wow, I'm going bald on the top, or my temples, like there's hair missing. Oh my God, I'm aging rapidly. My face is puffy. She just described a puffy round face. Oh my God, my tongue has indentation. It's swollen. I have high cholesterol. I'm about to be put on statin drugs. Why don't you get your thyroid tested? I always say, how many of the patients waiting in a cardiologist's office? They're sitting in the waiting room. I would love someone to go in and survey them, do their TSH and their thyroid antibodies, their pre-T4, pre-T3. I guarantee you 95% of them have a thyroid condition. I have people that will write to me and say they resolve their congenital you know, heart disease, their, you know, um, or their cholesterol has improved or they've survived a heart attack and they haven't had any more heart attacks because they got their thyroid elevated. They got their thyroid condition under control. They tell me they've reversed their diabetes. They've reversed their brain fog. Think about it. I had missing hair and like, I'm going to tell you, I got a lot of hair right now, but I wouldn't have all this hair. If I was down that road, think about it. I would be on sleeping medication, 
statin drugs, blood sugar medication, probably more than antidepressants, probably at some point they would have diagnosed me with bipolar or something more. They would give me something for my PMS and my mood swings. So I think there's so many symptoms that if you have a bunch of them, and I even talk about the gut ones like bloating, acid reflux, constipation. I had lifelong constipation, lifelong. And then all, oh, of, a sudden, a mm-hmm. all of a sudden, someone tested my, one of the doctors tested my magnesium. It was below normal. I take magnesium glycinate before bed every night and I go every single day, every yes. single day. So like a little change makes such a very big difference. I also think about our skin, right? They say that blood circulation to the skin is reduced. It's like a fraction. So I had eczema all over my hands, all winter, cracking, bleeding. I have not had eczema in like seven years. That was lifelong eczema since I was like six. And I resolved those. So like so many things that people aren't like connecting the dots. And I think that's huge. So you have healed a leaky gut apparently because you had bad eczema and all these issues. So gluten-free, dairy-free, are you all of that above? Yeah. Uh, Now uh, another big one for me, um, I have gone, I love the whole functional medicine um, root of things. I believe there are many root causes for every person. For me, there were many. One is adrenal fatigue, stress, Boom, I fall, like I crash down to the ground. If there's physical stress, if I had major dental work, which I did, I fell to the ground. If I had a physical, I got hurt, boom, I fall to the ground. If I have like a serious family problem, I go to the ground. If someone dies, I go to the ground. So for me, the adrenals were the most are the most important factor for me is managing with adaptogenic herbs that has been like a real life changer my gut i've been going through the whole dairy free i went through the food sensitivity i discovered i was you know also sensitive to eggs and so i've been making those shifts another major thing is i had candida which hand i find in that, hand with thyroid disease right and yeah. heavy metal toxicity and And then unless I did that stool test, which, you know, if you got told you have to poo on a dish and then mail it in to get testing, I know a lot of people go, ew, that is so gross. But that test um, helped me discover I had major candida. Then I'm I'm on a cleanse for candida. And I'm going to tell you something which I would love to see, like, blended. I go to an acupuncturist. Now I have seen great work, like great effects from acupuncturists. Mm-hmm. One got my cycles totally normal that I went on to have my second son Hudson when doctors told me I would never get pregnant again. Okay. So I know that acupuncture works on my body. Well, guess what I did? I went to my acupuncturist and I said, you know, I've got this major candida. I'm doing a cleanse. So he goes, your body can heal itself. Do you know that it can heal its own gut? I go, let's do it. Let's do it. So he like um, traces my gut, puts the points in. The next morning, stuff comes out in my toilet that I have never seen ever in the years that I've been watching my poo because I know how important your poo, the look of it, the color. Stuff was coming out in, in my toilet that I have never seen before. So I went back to him and I go, oh my God, you did something. You did something to my gut. Like 
you got rid of something. I don't know, like, how, how is that greenish mucusy thing in my gut like that? It can't be good. So I would love to see a blend of the different approaches to health. Like I see, what I do at Hypothyroid Mom is I take pieces. Like I like consider myself a guinea pig. I, I throw supplements at myself one at a time to see what will happen to me. I go, I went to an Ayurvedic consultation and I did pieces of that to see what works for me. I go to acupuncture and Chinese herbs and I try that. And I kind of like grab at all the pieces. I show them all at Hypothyroid Mom and I say, you have to discover what the pieces are. But unless you know what all the pieces could possibly be, you won't know to investigate them. So that's, to me, that's what Hypothyroid Mom is about. It's about all the pieces and my journey in the different pieces. A very integrative, open-minded journey. So I commend you for that because that's huge. I want to go over some of the things you said, you know, back to that, that um, cardiology waiting room or intensivist waiting room and getting TSHs on everyone. I definitely would add to that. Like we should know our TSH level. Everyone listening should know your TSH. They get an idea of that, especially if you're on if you're on thyroid medicine, you want to know your free T4, free T3, and optimize the, those. But know your hemoglobin A1C. Know your highly sensitive or cardio CRP, C-reactive protein, and inflammatory marker. Know the measure of your adrenal hormone. If we're doing it in the blood. It's DHEAS. We want to know that number and optimize that. And we want to know our vitamin D25-hydroxy, which also goes hand-in-hand with thyroid disease. So those four, add the TSH, those five numbers you really know, you want to know. And, and as you know, I'm a gynecologist. I would like to say know your progesterone, estrogen, testosterone values. But on a major level, the key ones are those five that I just mentioned yep. that you really want to understand and that we should, we should know those numbers and, um, and, and watch them get better. So, you know, to reiterate a little bit about your journey is, you know, just an extensive journey. Again, still investigating. I have to wonder, you know, looking, I, I've, Dana, a little bit about my journey is that I've had this, you know, I traveled around the world learning from healers all over the world and indigenous healers and world leading, world leading scientists and, and different philosophies for different reasons. And it's just been a powerful, like I do not discriminate on healing modalities. So I love that you're putting all this out in a really digestible way. For clients and you've learned the journey a functional medicine doctor will do your stool analysis and yeah. that is so vital to understanding the picture and clearing you know understanding what's going on in the underlying issue what the underlying issue is but the thread of, of the kidney the, the kidney disease and the adrenal fatigue those speak loudly of fear and so was there a fear element that has yeah. been Absolutely. And, and it's interesting you should talk about fear. And I, I touch on this at Hypothyroid Mom. And I think that as pa- patients, we are more comfortable to talk about the physical, right? So I'll give you an example. I went to my acupuncturist and I told her what was happening to me. And I went through a rapid decline at around age 42 and my hair started falling out. I had been really well, and then I just went like down, you know, and then all of a sudden my menstrual cycle shifted from my normal 28 days down to 25. So it was almost like I went into perimenopause, like boom, like fast, right? So I went to my acupuncture, she could see my hair was falling out. And the first thing she said to me was, you know, Dana, I've mentioned this to you before, 
the thyroid in, in our world, in the Chinese world, we believe it's about expression of your inner self, your inner thoughts, being vocal. Are you stifling? Are you not speaking up? Are you not like advocating for yourself in your personal relationships? Which was a big part at that time was a very big part of me not. And I think that's not just now or, or in that situation. I think throughout my life, I sort of stifle. I'm the good girl. I don't want to cause commotion. So I kind of shut it all in. And, and when I write about it in Hypothermia Mom, I know like a lot will say, no, I speak my mind and they know and they might get defensive. And I just put it out there because could it be more than a physical? Could we be stifling and fear of causing commotion? I, 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 tell you, I, I wrote in my book about the good girl syndrome. Why didn't I fight when I thought there was toxicity in my body and I was calling that doctor's office? I'm pregnant and I'm like a toxic. And they kept saying, you're just overreacting. It's like, you're, you're, you know, you're in your second trimester. You're just overreacting. I should have said, you know, F you. No, I'm coming back in there and you're going to do something about what's happening to me. Instead, I stifled it. I'd like, right? So how often have I done that? Which I'm sure, I'm sure I've done it quite a lot um, in my whole life. And one thing I wanted to mention is um, before we got on this call, I know I told you about how in the thyroid, like when people write about thyroid, they talk about the different tests, the different treatments, as if once you have your dose and your treatment done, you're done, rest of your life, that's it. And I can tell you that I am, I see it more as, ups and downs and ups again after every child at any postpartum i crashed down i come back up and then i had my next baby and i crashed down then at 42 i started perimenopause and i crashed down now i'm 47 and i'm feeling up high again what i'd like to say is that you can't and my dosage has had to change and I've had to retest because new things have come up. So I feel like it's more like a journey. That's how I see it. I see it as it's a journey and it's not just a one time, I'm done, we're good. My dosage has had to change. And I'm sure when I go into full on menopause, it's going to be different again. But what I can say is I have the tools to go back up and not to stay down, right? right? And, and like to me, that's the most important message. And, and I wanna tell you that my candida, when in 42, when I had sudden onset perimenopause, cycles went from 28 days to 25, within like, boom, candida, cleared the candida, my cycles are back to 28 days. From clearing the candida in my gut, I have changed my sex hormone levels. Like, who's thinking your gut can affect your sex hormone levels. Producing right? estrogen, producing serotonin. I mean, it can throw, it can help you balance. It can throw you off, right? So yeah, so important connection. Yeah, so the gut, like they say, you know, the gut, that's where all the healing, that's where all the sickness, you know, starts from. And we're forgetting the gut. So sure, we can talk about thyroid hormone replacement medication. And I'm a big believer that there's not one for every person. I'm on natural desiccated thyroid. Works like magic for me. 
but it's about each person finding what's right for them also because each medication is different fillers dyes different components in it you could be sensitive right so i was sensitive to armor it's just as an example lots of people feel fantastic in armor but i felt like crap and i couldn't figure out why everyone else was feeling great i switch over to nature through it and somehow that is good for my body so it was like a journey to find out what even what medication was right for me. Well, this is a big issue. People, many people who are on thyroid medications may not know that there are options. Synthroid is only T4 and it's certainly one option, but it was never clinically ideal for me to use with my patients. One of the, my favorites, you know, I definitely like Nature Throid and Westroid P. Yes, Westroid P is probably my favorite because consistency from batch to batch, Nature Throid is very good at that too. Armor, you know, sometimes yes, you know, and then compounded by your compounding pharmacy, being able to tailor it. Now, Dana, another thing you said was really important, especially as you enter this perimenopause journey, is, you know, the one-size-fit-all phenomena does not work, and that is our standard medical model. Like, here's your hormone replacement therapy, see you, yeah. you know, 10 years from now, <laughs> the same medicine, and that doesn't work, right? No. And one of the things that always amazed me, because I, I lecture about hormone replacement therapy and trained physicians, is like, you know, when I talk about the client, having the client adjust their dose, like what you're having your patient adjust their dose. I'm like, as I use this type of, either it's a trochee or a cream, depending on the individual, you know, you're following them, but they can also adjust their dose. And I'm like, yeah, my patients aren't stupid. Women know their body and giving, giving you permission to understand, you know what? I feel off. I feel this, you know, we're not doing huge swings, but this fine tuning right. that is so important because the season, you know, we have seasons for a reason in the winter, we're going to need something in the summer. We're going to need something and being able yes. to fluctuate and really be in tune with your body. So you're trusting it. Absolutely. I think I want women to trust their bodies again, their innate wisdom as well. A lot, you know, in a very holistic thank way. God that, thank God. Like I, I, I'm always, I, I'm always amazed. I invite, you know, ex experts like yourself. You did a great article about vaginal dryness and low libido for hypothyroid mom. And I look for people like you. I do. I look for people that um, they have the knowledge and they're, they're, they're empowering women and men. Cause remember men have it too. And children have hypothyroidism as well. Remember, check your teenagers, check your young children. How many, if you have a child, oh my God, the, the parents of the children, honestly, they get like, it gets like in my soul when I hear about it because I was one of those children and no one was checking me. Nobody was checking me. Mood swings, ADHD, ADHD that could be hypothyroidism. I know you think hypothyroidism is exhaustion and no activity, but sometimes it can manifest itself as hyperactivity because they don't know what to do with themselves. Yes. How many that have ADHD or bipolar, they get diagnosed bipolar, depressed schizophrenia. I mean, I have been contacted by parents of stories that just shake me. They can't go to school. They can't go to school. The doctors can't figure out what's wrong with their child. A lot of them, they say, we hit puberty and something happened. My child changed. And I always say, oh, thank God, there are doctors. There are people like you that like listen to the patient, understand that we're all so different. It can happen at any age. It's not just for older women. It's men. It's women of all ages. It's children of all ages. And so we need we need more practitioners like yourself. And I think 
the world will change once we have more of them. Yeah, and then again, to be the advocate, advocate for your own health, advocate for your family's health, and and it, it use your intuition too, but also like if there's a symptom constipation, it is not normal to not go one time a day, right? If you're only, you know, your kid's only going to the bathroom every other day or up here so many times once a week. Every few days. Yeah, it's and it's I not know, normal. And I every mean, day. You don't know, like when it's lifelong, like if you've had it for a long yeah. time, you don't even know what's normal. You don't you even know. know. You can't even say it's abnormal. No, and it's so funny because I used to have, you know, a question, you know, I have this many, many page questionnaire, of course, but it was, one of the questions was, are you constipated? The answer would be no, but I would always ask, how many bowel movements do you have a day? A day? I have one a week. I'm like, you're right, you're not constipated. I'm like, I don't know. I wouldn't have known the difference. No, exactly. And so understand why. Let's get to the why. Is it gluten sensitivity? Are you on dairy? Let's let's get off dairy. You know, let's let's do these things to clear our body and really get holistic about it before we take a thyroid supplementation or you know, the, the other thing is once you're on thyroid supplementation, you can heal your thyroid and get off it. So not to feel like that's the end of the, you know, that this is your lifelong thing. If you heal the why you heal yeah. the symptom. I wanted to, uh, you, you just said something that just like sparked in me. Like I, I have an article brewing in my head about how I wish to God when, when my first test came that I discovered I was hypothyroid, I wish I had said, I need a research before someone gives me thyroid hormone replacement medication. Because had I done that, I would have figured out the slew of nutrient deficiencies that were necessary for the production of thyroid hormone going on in my body at the time. I've heard of people who they read an article about nutrient deficiencies and that alone reverses all their symptoms and they come off of their thyroid medication. Or it could have been that they were exposed to mold. I had mold in my home for a period of time mm-hmm. that I didn't even know. I talk about like um, air or purity of our air, like even yes. just like good quality air filter for mold. I think about all the hurricanes. We had Hurricane Katrina where I was and it flooded our building. And I didn't realize that this, the air conditioner in my son's room had major mold for months and months and months. My son started acting unusual at school. I mean, I went to psychologist. I mean, it was crazy. We discovered he had mold in the air conditioning unit in his bedroom that was exposed to the Hudson River during Hurricane Katrina. So what I'm saying, there's so many factors, the purity of the water we drink, having proper air filters, having proper water, reverse osmosis for our water, looking at the food we eat, the toxins we're putting on our bodies and our skin through our beauty products. So just, wow. Like, right. There's just so much you see, like I never get bored at hypothyroid mom because there are so many things I can talk about. And I find that fascinating, the number of toxins in our environment. And could that explain this like huge number? They say there are like 750 million thyroid patients. Half of them don't know they have it. Most of them have hypothyroidism. I think that's very conservative because if we go by TSH alone, I'm sure we're missing tons because you can have Hashimoto's in the early stages and have completely normal thyroid, thyroid TSH levels. But your thyroid antibodies are there destroying your thyroid gland and it takes time it can take a decade before the tsh becomes abnormal but meanwhile the thyroid gland is being destroyed pieces by pieces and no one's doing it they're just sitting there waiting we're all waiting for you to your thyroid gland to be completely destroyed 
and then we're going to give you thyroid medication. Why don't we find out this is happening to you? Yeah. Maybe we can stop that from happening and you never need thyroid hormone replacement medication. That to me is like preventative. I like the idea of like everyone should have these kinds of tests periodically in their life to see are we at, like where are we? Do we need to do some tweaking? Um, so that's what I would like yeah. to see from the thyroid world. Why catch it when you're already on the other, like, you know, on the other end, like catch you in the beginning and see what we can do to stop that from happening. Mm -hmm. Ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And another thing too, and just like bringing to your history, not different from so many other women is the birth control pills, right? Causes, you know, really sucks up your magnesium and sucks up your B vitamins. It sucks up your magnesium, cobalt, you know, iodine is so important part of every hormone receptor. So like if we are on something, if we decide that that's the best choice for us, there are better options. But if that's the best choice that we're supplementing, we're getting our nutrients, we're really eating holistically and, and doing those things as well. Again, we're getting continuously finding out more and more information that's helpful. All right, y'all, Dana, I'm so thankful for your my oh, gosh, for your presence, your vulnerability, your openness. And let's continue the conversation on Hypothyroid Mom. Y'all join us at Hypothyroid Mom. Dana's putting some great information out there and just good, open, honest conversation. Looking at some of the, the feeds and comments this morning, it's like, yeah, it's good. Good people feel safe there. And so you've created a really nice community. I congratulate you. You're welcome. All right. So I'll check back there, listeners, Hypothyroid Mom, to continue the conversation with Dana. And please share this. Um, so much good information was in this. Oh my gosh, we went, we covered a lot of stuff today. Share this, share this with your friends, share this with your family, share it on Facebook and Twitter, and also comment below. Be back to read your comments. Thank you all for being with us. And again, thank you, Dana. Bye. Such a pleasure. <laughs>